What's that? Who's there? Oh my God! It's Bubbies. Welcome to the third episode of Bubbies. Hello, everybody. I am your uh, right wheel, Russell, and I'm Ian. I'm the back right wheel. Okay. So, do we just go in a big circle? We can't. We can't go. We're defunct. Okay. It is Friday the 20th. I hope everyone has an awesome Friday. Uh, Friday's really fun. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. I know I will. Uh, Saturday is my R&R day. And nope, I don't mean rest and relaxation. I mean rest and role play. Rest and, rest and role play. Rest and role play. And I know what you're thinking. And the answer is yes to both. What were you thinking? <laughs> role play in the bedroom and role play with a bunch of dudes on at, being nerds at a table. I was just thinking D and D. Oh, okay. Well, I figured some, I figured at least one person would be like, "Oh, tee hee hee, Russell's gonna do a sex." And you're right, friend. I probably am. <laughs> so, what what are your D and D games? How do they tend to go? I really enjoy D and D, and I say D and D, but I've actually never played Dungeons and Dragons. I have always played. Well, you were there when I first started out. Yes. Uh, you were actually like one of my first players, and it was Pathfinder, which I grew to hate. And now I play Strictly GURPS, which is the greatest. That's right, Bubby's Bubby's sponsored by GURPS. <laughs> Bubby's uh, Bubby advocates for GURPS, the best role playing system out there. GURPS is great. It's super simple. I haven't played it yet. Still. GURPS is super, because, like, Pathfinder's fun and all, but, like, Pathfinder and the D&D and all that stuff, uh, that was first, right? Like, D&D was first. Yes. And that's fine. Uh, I always, I feel like I, I feel like I always have to say that's fine, because people get, like, upset whenever I talk about anything. <laughs> Let's just assume that whenever Russell says something, he means it's fine. It's fine. It's It'll fine. I swear it's fine. But, so now, video games are way more prevalent than mm -hmm. back then. So, video games are, you know, the spawn of tabletop games. Because way back, way back when, people played pretend. You know, they used their imagination. And then slowly and slowly, nerds showed up. And they were like, hey, let's make this even more fun by making it more, you know, realistic. As in, let's add some rules. Let's not just have people running around with sticks saying, I got you. How about we give people different, like, numbers to represent what they're good at? You know, and then slowly and slowly, we got to, you know, Tabletop, and then we got to board games, and then we got to video games. Vig games. V, v games. And we're, that, that's where we're at now is V games. Uh, Any RPG is kind of like Dungeons & Dragons. Every RPG is exactly like Pathfinder and Dungeons and & Dragons, because in Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder and similar uh, systems that are strictly for fantasy, um, you have to pick a class, you have to pick a race, you have to do this, you have to do that. You know, and uh, there's very specific guidelines to follow, kind of like a video game. Whereas, uh, and that was fine for a long time. I really like, you know, I really do like Pathfinder, but I grew to get bored of it because it kind of got uh, a bit repetitive. And also, I've discovered that I am not the type of role player. I've noticed that there's, you know, there's there's a lot of different type of types of people that you know geek out for different reasons. And I found out that I'm kind of the lamest type of geek. 
I like geeking out about like politics and like, and I don't mean like, you know, our politics. I mean like just like the, the word politics. I like geeking out about like, oh, where does the water supply come from? Oh, since pyromancy exists, do we even have stoves? You know, like, like just like the small little pedantic details about the world is what I geek out about. So I tend to lean towards a more realistic as in how realistic can we make this if magic and elves and all that was real. Whereas I've noticed that there's a lot of players and I've had players jump on in my games and get kind of like, oh, like, like they weren't big fans of it because they wanted, you know, to have like the classic adventure where where we actually talked about this in episode one. They kind of want it to be more of a fantasy as in stuff doesn't make sense. And I try to make everything make sense. And maybe I do that too much. Maybe I don't. Well, you're just the biggest super nerd on the face of the planet and nobody wants to deal with that. <laughs> you're probably right. Funny story, actually, that game that that my first game DMing with you, uh, we had two girls at the table, too. Right. Yes. And so uh, D&D tabletop RPGs has always been, you know, a geeky thing. Right. It's definitely not something where it's like, hey, girl, I, D- I DM and they're like, oh, you know, they're like, whoa, <laughs> Spike. <laughs> what's what's like what's a cliche like jock name? Chad. Chad last name. What's the last name? Chad Brosif. Yeah, I'm Chad Brosif. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a DM and they're like, oh my god. What's up girl? I play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend. You wanna get in my Ferrari? <laughs> yes, Chad! Yes. Chad Brosif! Yes, Chad! Hey girl, roll this dice. If you crit, you can <laughs> But yeah, no, so I, I discovered something very strange because uh, we had those two girls out there, and like they weren't really like like I don't want to name them, but like they're not they weren't they're, they're not super geeky, right? One of them was very obviously not super geeky, and that's why I've never played with her ever again because she just sat there and was, I was like, hey, so the shopkeeper's asking you this, and she goes, what? <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> like, oh, What's God. going on? <laughs> But uh, they both told me after the game was over that they got, like, aroused because of, like, my DMing. It's very strange. And that was extremely weird to me. And I wonder if that, I wonder if that has something to do with, like, some sort of, like, primal instinct of, like... And, and I looked this up, and apparently it, it happens a lot. It's not just a weird... It's not just a weird thing. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, for, and like there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, self admission I've seen. Like I've seen women online and like in videos and stuff go like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but like whenever like whenever like a player tries to do something and the DM says like no or like controls the situation, it like triggers something and it like it's so weird. And I, I have no, I want to know the science That's behind. Weird. I want to know the science behind that, ladies. But, all none of you who listen, please write in. Tell us your uh, your stories where a DM has done something and you got wet. <laughs> it's just like it's it's so. I wonder if it triggers some sort of like like and I don't know. It's it's so hard to like. It's so like dangerous to like make assumptions over like what how 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 it might you, be. It might be something lizard brain related. Yeah, like it's so it's so dangerous to like and ignorant to like assume how you know, how you think based solely on your sex. But I, I want to know, like, what is it about, like, the female brain that, like, gets triggered by, like, a man acting like he is God? <laughs> and it's usually men, isn't it? DMs are hardly ever. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen I've a never, female DM I've in, never, in any medium at I've all never online. Seen. We need more women representation. Get more women. We need more Being women. Creative. We need more women DMing. 
It's horrible. Male DMs get paid more than female DMs. <laughs> they get paid more free money. I think I think that we probably just need more female creativity in general. It's, we need, it's that, we there. need that sort of thing in movies. I th- it's it's growing, but it's growing too slowly. We need more female creativity in D and D. We've got plenty. We've well, I would say plenty of it in books, but I haven't read uh, many in recent times to see if it's um, if it's like another J.K. Rowling or if it's something actually influential. Well, I feel like it's real. I feel like it's there. But I think the problem that comes with that is that, and we're, we're, we're I guess we're just always going to go back to movies, is that have you, I have noticed a trend that whenever, you know, a movie is made to try to amend that issue of having more women focused movies, yeah. it's never an original idea. And I don't think it's because, uh, you know, I don't think there's like a committee of women sitting around going like, we should this is how we should do things. I'm pretty sure that the industry just is scared to let women have the reins. So they try to just take something that's already successful and then just like because like Oceans Whatever is coming out. Oceans What? I have no, I don't know. There's a new Oceans movie coming out. Seven. It's it, Ocean's Number is coming out soon. And it's just an Ocean's Eleven remake, but they're all women. So it's, oh, it's an all women heist. Which we can get really funny about that and just prove how sexist we are. Because that, that, that is just prime joke material. I have no jokes for it. I am not a sexist. It's interesting they did that with... <laughs> they, oh, thanks. They did that with the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, that was it a seems like flop. Something that they... Um, that the Hollywood producers try and do is sort of pick something that we're familiar with and then to try and ease audiences into it, they like girlify it. So they took Ghostbusters. I thought you said gorillify it. Yes, gorillify it. Turn everyone <laughs> into a gorilla. A female gorilla. No, they take gir- uh, women and they like convert characters that were traditionally male roles into into women um, usually in like a blanket fashion, like all the Ghostbusters, all the oceans, blah, 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 uh, tropes and cast. It never tends to work out because it's, it's like you said, it's a rehash of something that's already been done, but with a, with a gimmicky twist on it. And because it's got a gimmicky twist on it, there's no real heart or anything into it, despite what they may say in the promotionals. Whereas something like, um, did you ever go see, I never saw this movie. What was it called? It was um, it was the one about the uh, bubble, and inside of the bubble was like um, mutated things. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh! My gosh, uh, Annihilation. Yes, Annihilation was a movie that had pretty much an all-female cast, and it was an original concept, and it was very good. It gets exceptional reviews. Um, the characters are well thought out. They're developed. They're human. There's no gimmick to all of them being women. It just sort of... They just are. You are and the that, top and in your yeah. field. And nobody went to see it. And what does that tell us? That maybe it's not the industry and that maybe it's just society as a whole. That maybe society is not ready for just an all-female movie. Because if they had advertised it to be, you know, something with a standout all-female cast... uh. I it wouldn't it would have gotten shunned by an entire group of people who are against that sort of thing like you and me who are who don't like it when they use uh uh gender dominance as a marketing tool. 
Yeah, no, and then it, it's, and then you've also attracted the attention of these crazy feminist SJWs, blah 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 blah, and they really praise it, and then they hammer it in your face how good it is. And no matter how good the movie may actually be, that's excruciatingly annoying. And then you and get the opposite. It doesn't solve any well. problems. You get the opposite spectrum where you have like the the like the the beta males come out of the woodwork with their fedoras and their button up shirts, even though mm. it's ninety degrees outside, and they're just like my foreskin. And it's like, what are you even here for? Why are you what? And they're like, women should be house pets. And it's like, you're retarded. <laughs> Those people exist, man, and they come out in full force whenever, like, because like the Ghostbusters, like Ghostbusters movie, horrible. I knew it was gonna be horrible. I knew it was gonna be a horrible mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. But whenever I said, hey, Ghostbusters is gonna suck, I always had like seven guys like pop out of their closet. And be like, yeah, Russell's on it. And like, no, she's kidding. Whoa, no, please don't. I don't want to get associated with you wanna, guys. Yeah. And then that, that's another point into it is that if when you polarize an issue unnecessarily like like annihilation, um, you end up th- uh, pushing away all of the people who ride the middle ground. Everyone who would have gone seen it, that's sort of uh, sort of middling on an issue. I don't even care about it. Everyone who rides the middle ground, that's like us. <laughs> yeah, they would stay away from it, far away from it. And it made no money for it. So what do we do? Which sucks. And I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about last podcast. It's just people don't go to the movies to see unfamiliar that's things. True. They want to go to the movies to see Infinity War 7, Spider-Man featuring Dante from Dante's Inferno. Huh? Yeah, exactly. It, it <laughs> Nick Cage is going to be a Spider-Man. Not don't even talk about... Don't even... Just don't even talk about that. But Nick Cage is my hero. Don't, I don't like that. You need better heroes. You know he's related to Francis Ford Coppola. Is he? Yeah, his last, his real last name is Coppola. His name is Nicholas Coppola. Okay, it does not surprise me now that Cage is not a. <laughs> it's not a real wow, name. Wow, I feel stupid now that you point that out. Yeah, who who have, would have a last Nick Cage? That sounds like such a this summer. Well, Nick Cage is it, bicycle robot. It was invented back in like the eighties and early nineties, so it makes more sense then. Nicholas Cage. He is a good actor. He just doesn't give a fuck. I think Nick, which Cage, is why I like him. I think Nick Cage is a good actor. It's just that he's so. He's not. He's he's not very choosy with what he, he likes to go ham, and so he likes to pick projects where he can go ham. He looks a lot like my uncle, and that's why, I, like, <laughs> like he does. No, like when I I watched Kick Ass, and that whole scene where he's like, you know, obviously Batman, and it's just like it's Nick, <laughs> it's Nick Cage doing flips and like shooting people in the face, but he's got the same facial structure and voice as as one of my uncles. <laughs> And so I'm just sitting there like, and he's got the mask on, so he literally covers the hair and the ears, which are the only features that don't match it. So then I'm just literally seeing my uncle like, <laughs> just like murdering people, and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> what movie is it from that like like the like the most used Nicolas Cage gif, where he is like he has like the gun or whatever, and he's like. <laughs> And he's like trying not to laugh. What is that from? <laughs> that could be from a lot of things. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well that's all. That's also just very Nick. Like Nick Cage. Nick Cage reminds me a lot of Jared Leto because, like, because like he's not like he he has he has too much confidence. Where it's like, hey, you need to be edgy, and then Nick, it's just Nick Cage trying to be edgy, and it's just not it's not connecting with me that he is edgy. He does not look like an edgy person. So when he tries to act edgy, I just laugh because it's kind of a meme. Not the beast. 
not the bees. Bees. Let's take it back to D and D though, because we talk about movies too much. I want to know what your opinions are on D and D, and I guess I mean like because you enjoy playing it. Obviously, you're always not you're like you're not as big as a player as I, but everyone everyone enjoys a good D and D story, and I think you have some funny ones. My opinion of D and D, I think that the D and D is best um is best enjoyed as um. Not something that you take really seriously, but you still have to put uh, your effort into it. So you have to build the character, you have to give them a backstory, you have to care a little bit about them, so that once you get out into the field of imagination, you can go and screw with everyone and make some funny memes. Like, I told you this story. The first time I uh, made a character, he was a, he was a human fighter. Um, I decided to make him a bastard and he was a slave trader and he was in, uh, he was in town for some sort of other business. So he needed to go adventuring and he hooked up with these other adventurers, the other players, and they needed a place to stay the night. That was like the first challenge. I was like 16 and everyone else was like younger than that. Uh, and we go into this, uh, establishment and, weirder things have happened we uh i got the the roles before i got super shammered super smashed and uh was nearly to the point of not speaking i had to be carried by the big uh dragonborn lizard man uh next to me and they go into the innkeeper and <laughs> they're like how much for a room and the 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 innkeeper's like oh it'll be five gold and then they are like, the party decides that they're going to do a negotiation, even though they have plenty of money to cover the that bill. Because that always happens. I love that. And so they're like, ah, oh, but what if it wasn't five gold? What if it was two? And then they rolled and the elf that was with us, who was supposed to be a smooth talker and a magician, rolled a two. And so the answer was, how, how dare you ask me to raise, to lower my price? I'm going to raise it. Seven gold! And we were like, oh shit. And then it's the other guy's turn. He was a, um, he was an elven archer. And he's like, oh, but sir, we haven't got all that money. Here, would you let us, uh, stay in here for three gold? And then he rolled another, like, really, really no low number, like a five. <laughs> and he's like, how dare you? Thirteen gold! And so that would go on and on and on forever. Um, it, it went around like four times. I see they always skipped me and eventually it got to the point where the innkeeper was so pissed off that he had raised the price of admission for a room per night to 50 gold, <laughs> <laughs> which is a ridiculously high number. And then they were, they were about to give up because they, they kept rolling really bad, but they decided like, Ian, you should try and convince him. And I'm like, my character can barely speak, but okay. And so, and so the DM's like, how do you make, what's your argument here? And I'm like, my argument. <laughs> and then I rolled and it was a nat 20. <laughs> and, and then, so the, so the story was that the innkeeper stopped everything that he was doing. A tear welled up in his, in his eye and he wiped it away with his finger. And he said, I I understand your friend here. Not what he's saying, but my friend is also retarded. Here, oh, no. you can have the room. Just take it. Oh, by the way, we're out of rooms. So it's the lover's suite. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
And so we would, we went into the lover's suite and we all had to cram in there, all like five of us. And there was a there was a bed that was in the shape of a heart and had red sheets and the walls were pink. And Hell yeah! But there was there was a rug there and there was like a spread of food and everything. And we were just like, "This is weird. <laughs> Where is everyone else gonna sleep?" Uh, and then they kept sending up minstrels to our room. Hell yeah! So that we could have some nice romantic music, but we kept murdering them because we did not want um, we did not want any music. So. And then the guy just kept sending minstrels up, so we just had to start hiding like seven minstrels underneath the rug and in the closets. But that's that's <laughs> how that, many minstrels did they have? No, they had lots. It's infinite minstrels. Infinite minstrel. So that's the sort of thing that I really, really love about D and D—the goofy shit that goes on. The, um, I find it very difficult to actually pull off anything truly epic and magnificent. Like you're not going to have a. Um, it's very rare that you have like a like a final fight naruto-esque battle in uh dungeons and dragons it's happened but i i can barely remember any of the details of them where all of my funny memes i remember i remember extremely well yeah i do appreciate the funny moments but i am definitely like i like i previously stated i try to shoot for the like epics i tried to i try to shoot for like the arching you know stories i try to i try to make it as like cinematic as possible because yes it's a game but i am like you said the like the biggest type of geek and and i guess there are others because i have a consistent player base but uh i really i think it it's a lot of, it's a lot more work but it really pays off i think because like you know I, i've had i have a player who you know like i haven't i haven't we, we neither of us have you know played his character because and you, you were actually in that campaign my golden lion campaign oh yes cole who played fang in that campaign with you like you know like that campaign happened fucking four years ago almost three actually i think yet he still like remembers everything about that campaign like mm-hmm. the funny and the and like the the cinematic just because you know it was such a good campaign for everyone involved and i think it, that took it takes a lot of work to do that but i think that definitely pays off and uh i feel like i feel like it is worth shooting for but uh, but you know every now and then i also do want to I, I i also enjoy like the goofs because i i've got plenty of goofs my of my myself i like i don't play often i'm usually just gm but i played once and i was uh, a little like i was a half elf but i made myself purposely short i made myself like five foot so five foot half elf and I and I, I I I limited myself to only my fists, because I because I had little man syndrome, so I had to like constantly beat people up to like remind them that just because I'm small, you can beat me up. Because <laughs> I cause I never I can never succeed in actually winning any fights, but like every little and like like so there was a lot of fun moments with him, uh like you know because like a, like a guard would be like hey. You know, you're short. And I'd be like, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> like, start like punching his shins. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna kick your ass. And, like, start punching his shins and stuff. And then I, you know, get thrown in jail and stuff. And like, that's that stuff is always fun as well. But I think I think the best thing to do, which is what actual stories do, is mix the two. Because mm-hmm. like every every great story has both humor and like oh, drama. Oh, Sasuke, come back to the village. I remember when I did my epic campaign where I, I arbitrarily made everybody level twenty. Um, you guys didn't. You guys guys didn't funny it up as much as I thought. You had bird fucker over there. 
who was just like, I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was a bird, man. I literally brought pepperoni in a bag to our first session as like bird snacks. And it was like, <laughs> like ate my bird snacks. Uh, there were the other, uh, how many people did we have? Did we only have It was three? just three. The other, the other two didn't really um, dig into the funny as much as I would. Because when you've got ultimate power, what do you want to do with it? You want to have fun with it. You want to goof off. And so we'd go to realms and we'd see fantastic things, sure. But um, there wasn't a whole lot of funniness going on. Not a whole lot of um, goofs. I intended for there to be some spook with the, with the main bad guy. Oh, we were spooked. <laughs> <laughs> I intended for there to be some... Uh, some sadness in there somewhere, which sort of didn't quite work out because you let uh, you let the princess die. Yeah, no, because um, you spooked us too good. <laughs> yeah, we no, let me it let me let me good. tell let me tell the listeners what happens. So so we're all level twenty, and we get we go to this like forest region. They are they are legends in their in their realms in their in the different areas. Russell's characters like this crazy bird man in these aisles called the Isles of Death. And uh, it's just an island full of savage sub-races. And he's made a name from that remote location in a, in a sort of medieval time setting. So he's a legend. And everyone else in there is also a legend. I would literally, because uh, I was a human, uh, but my favorite thing to do, and the system we were playing was Pathfinder. My favorite thing to do in Pathfinder was go ape with like the perks. Mm -hmm. And so there was a perk that you could take if you were human uh, called racial heritage because like humans, you know, like to mingle with everything. If you know what I mean, and so like you, so you could like you could effectively pick another racial perk of any race. So even though I was human, I could take uh Tengu feats, which is Pathfinder's bird like crow race mm. so even though i was physically human i took the perk that let me take tengu perks so then i just flooded myself with bird perks so even though i was human i could legally technically fly and i could legally technically turn into like a giant crow and so i just made that like i, I took that and ran with it and, like made that my backstory that i was like some cursed human that could like turn into a crow made a bird and so man. i would like so like my, my like backstory was that like these pirates would always try to come and like you know take slaves and i would just dive bomb them as this fucking crow monster, as bird hero, literally Birdman. Uh, but so what happens is that it's me and these two other heroes of equal caliber, you know. And so then Ian describes literally like a Cthulhu god, like like just this giant ominous dark creature that's bigger <laughs> than a mountain. He's like, and like there's like people like wasn't it like was it trees hanging off of him? Yes, or was it he, people? Had, he had trees with people hanging on. So them? he had so this thing has trees hanging off of him, and then there's people in nooses hanging off. Or they weren't even they were just gourd, were they? Yeah, they they were just like they were just hooks. So it's so it's like oh this so he's like oh yeah so there's this giant thing that's bigger than a mountain. It uh it has trees hanging off of it, and then hanging off the trees is humans, and then hanging off the humans are bugs that they're screaming, fuck you. You know, <laughs> just like and so like we're just sitting there, like we're all level 20 and we so we can do anything. But you like described that with so much like threat that we were like you like you, he was like, Oh, aren't you heroes? We were like, we, no. I, I put a I put I had it so that a, a character was going to be uh also in that same location that they were at. And uh, the big baddie uh, picked her up along with the rest of the ground under her and held her hostage. And, and he said, you are heroes, right? 
are you going to try and do the heroic thing and save her life? And we, <laughs> we were like, no, nah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us in unison were like, no, nah, you go ahead, man. You do we. Oh, okay. Squish. <laughs> and we were like, all right, cool. Starts Mission raining blood. Uh, and then, and then she, uh, and then it was really awkward afterward when uh, you met her in the sort of pseudo afterlife and she was totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> it was uh, it was okay in the end. Uh, I wish that there was more funny to go around with that though. The funniest thing that I remember from that is that Mike um, he didn't understand. He couldn't like wrap his brain around the the sort of Elysian society that I'd made because like I think immediately after that you guys got like force teleported to um, some sort of. I can't remember what they called you, it. You took us to like a communist world. Where I, like I took, I took you to um, the realm of um, of of all good. Uh, so you know, instead of you know, not the one that's all bad, which I think is Gehenna, um, I took you to the exact opposite of that. I took you north, um, and so it was like, how do I make this the most like pleasant, happy, uh, good place ever? Oh, every there's no money. The, the, yeah. the source of all evil <laughs> is money, and so you can just go around in these this in the marketplaces and just like pick things up that you need, and everyone's very pleasant about it, and yeah, that sort of thing. And he was and he was like, "How does this work?" <laughs> yeah, and he his his brain was like he was like uh, he's like, "I want the spoon," because there was a spoon shop salesman, and he was like, "I want to buy this spoon," and he's like, "Okay, go ahead, all right, here you go," and he's like, "How much is it?" He's like, "I don't understand what you mean." And he's like, how much money do I pay you? And he's like, what is money? And he's just like, ah! <laughs> Equal exchange of goods. <laughs> how do I work? <laughs> I love I love D&D. I haven't played it much. I haven't played D&D much in recent years. Yeah. Because, it's been a while, man. Because it's too busy. And um, it takes a lot of time. It does. I, yeah. al- I also sort of get impatient with it when everyone else is going really, really slow. So I feel you on that one. See, that's why I don't really play. I actually kind of like admitted something to my players. I was like, "Hey guys, so like I hate playing. Guy, <laughs> I, like, I, I hate playing. I just do. Every time I play, I have fun. But in the back of my mind, I'm you know like there's a little voice going like, oh, I reckon there's something different. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, ah. and and I guess that's just the like that's just the artist in me being you know that's just the critic that I constantly am because I'm cursed by God or something. So I'm just like. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to have fun. He's like, no, you can't have fun. There's not even a map. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> oh, jeez. And I'm just like, shut up, little voice. And it's like, it's not even in color. And I'm like, shut up. It's not even in color. <laughs> shut this up. This is a black and... This is a black and white campaign. This is just you using bottle caps. And I'm like, yeah, because that's all we need, voice. And my voice is just like... It's been a hundred dollars on making this, <laughs> but uh, you know, and so I kind of admitted I was like, and I think I think I think it's it just that's how it is. There's people that like to play, and they're really good at being players because like I'm definitely not going to name names, but like I have a player who's a really good player, but I've played in his games before, and they're just kind of like, like it's just like <laughs> it's kind of a snore because it's it's kind of just your normal. Like, you know, it's like, oh, there's orcs now. Cool. Or all oh, there's elves now. Cool. And then, you know, I try to ask like really pedantic questions about the world and they don't have them because they didn't think that deep. And that's again. Or you do like me and you think of it on the fly. 
Yeah, and you know, and like, like even if you could just give it to me on the fly, that'd be great. But like, it takes a lot for me because I'm a difficult person to enjoy being with. But like, it takes a lot for me to like really get invested in something, and so that's why I usually just make it my own stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that that makes me a son of a bitch. But everyone's happy when I'm the DM, so <laughs> I'm just gonna always be the DM, I guess. You know what else is a fun game? What? Poker. We need to do that. Yes, we need poker. to play poker. We need to get the boys together. We need to uh we, we need, need to you need to share me some some pro strats. Oh yeah, I need to like teach you how to play poker. I love poker, man. I won like fifty bucks playing poker once. It was a fun time. Wow. Fifty bucks. Well, I mean like I'm, I'm not schmuck. I'm not I'm not gonna play at the big tables yet. I hardly have money. Uh I love casinos. God, I love casinos so I love I love the I love the aesthetic and the allure of casinos so much i could spend eternity in a casino me and sarah were in one and i was just ha- we were both just having a blast and like i was i was so in love with her because i gave her a big bucket of quarters she went over to the quarter machine and she just sat there like she was so content with life we were little quarters she's putting quarters in the quarter it's like the chuck e cheese machine where you put the token in and it pushes the tokens down oh and if and uh, <laughs> if you push the tokens down you like get tickets or whatever it's literally that but you could just get to keep the quarters so she would like pop in one quarter pop in two quarters pop in three quarters and then like seven would fall and so it, it's like it's like the most baby tier like gambling <laughs> but it's adorable and i loved what she was just sitting there with her little dress and she's just putting the quarters i loved it it was amazing <laughs> meanwhile i'm over at the fucking craps table <laughs> Uh-oh. and the guy's going the guy the the guy is like because uh, we were really young things like you can't gamble in the states unless you're I think 20. I think 21. 21. So we were, uh, we were, uh, I can't remember where, but we were in another country and it was legal there because we were both 18. And the guy goes, uh, the guy goes, are you Swedish? <laughs> and are I you Swedish? And my dumbass goes, no, I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> and he goes, where the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it's in America. And he's just like, oh, everything makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> Are you Swedish? God, I love casinos, though. But guess what I'm excited for, Ian? What's that? We got a new segment on Bubby's. Oh, shit, a segment. New segment. New segment. Bubby's segment. New segment. Bubby's segment. Bubby's questions, dude. We gotta do, We need to do a theme song for this, but we'll worry about that next time. Yeah, we will worry about that next time. Fucking new Bubby's uh, sequence. No. Yes. Yes, a segment. Segment. That's the word. I'm looking a new for. episode of new. Bubby. Welcome to welcome. it's Friday. No. Okay. So new. I'm I'm super excited. Uh, I love. I okay. I love this guy so much. Uh, this is Joey. We got a message from Joey. The uh the title of the email. Doctors hate me. <laughs> Great start. I'm already in love. Uh, I have a question to ask you guys for the podcast. If you could start a cult. What would you teach your followers? Where, uh, would you, where would you build your ranch? And what would what would be the cult uniform? Uniform. <laughs> uniform. Cult. Uniform. Man, I'm gonna be stuck on you. You start. I've got to. I got to think about this for a second. Cults are fun. There is a whole deal uh, that goes into cults. They're not they're not simple things. They're very complex and they're very they're very interesting because they sort of reveal uh, what goes on inside of the human brain and what sort of creates that that sort of 
double think, super think thing that uh, that a lot of cults have <laughs> going on think. for them. Uh, let's, for instance, talk about well, the most fam- the most famous one is Scientology, which is now labeled as an official religion and not just a cult. Uh, it's Tom Cruise's and uh, John Travolta's, and um, I don't think that I think that George Clooney has managed to stay away. I don't know why he came to mind, but there are all kinds of Scientologists uh, out there, and they're very rich. And you know why they're so rich? <laughs> it's because the cult is designed to be that way. See, L. Ron Hubbard, they will we will get in trouble if Scientology finds out about this. But L. Ron Hubbard, uh, his pure whole design for Scientology was to make money. It was a massive scam to make money because everyone talks about how impenetrable the lore of Scientology is and how many uh, just little steps and how many the names of things and the acronyms and it gets so confusing. And that's also by design. Uh, it's so that you have to basically have a degree in medicine in order to even penetrate the stuff. It's it, the L. Ron Hubbard designed it so that doctors and scientists and people that were really smart and had a huge capacity to learn were the only ones that could really breach Scientology. Uh, so that's a fun fact there. Scientology is probably the most clever business ever created. So you're saying that for us to make up a fake cult right now, there has to be an underlying goal. There has to be like, we, 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 like what, what is our goal? Well, not, not necessarily. I mean, yes, all cults, all cult leaders have goals, whether they're conscious, like L. Ron Hubbard, I want to make as much money as humanly possible by making people think a certain way. Or um, let's take um, Jim Jones, the, uh, the Jonestown guy. Um, his whole thing is that he wanted control and he wanted it... Um, he he wanted it more subconsciously, but he made active efforts to gain that control by pretending uh, to be a Christian because he wasn't a Christian. He may have said that he was, and he may have probably thought he was near the end, but his whole goal in the very beginning was to get a group of people together under his flag. And that was the whole idea. Um, so as far as my cult goes, let's see. Uh, what would I, let's, let's skip, um, let's skip all the real fun stuff and go into the name. What would we call it? Ooh, let's call it, uh, oh, buddy. I would call mine the cult of the, well, no, I have to think of the cause first. So I can't think of the name first. I don't think of the cause first. So what is my cause? What is my cause? Well, I'm a piece of poop and I'm a degenerate scum. So maybe my cause would be, like, just get a bunch of people to, like, do each other for, like, no reason. Sex cult. Yeah. Swinger cult. Swinger cult. I could get, like, uh, just get a bunch of people in the same room and they'd be like, oh, and then, like, make them do, like, no, I've, oh, god damn it. I figured my cult out. Orgies on a twister board. <laughs> It's called, it's called, <laughs> it's called the four eyes of, of Shalgamon. And it's, it's a red, it's a red eye, a green eye, a blue eye, and a yellow eye. And, <laughs> and how you worship him is you have to have swinger sex on a twister board. <laughs> you have to have swinger sex on a twister board. And so like, and it's like the cult leader like goes, Poof! 
and like it's like every like there's gothic chanting or I and like he like he goes left hand blue and everyone <laughs> right hand red it's <laughs> like oh candles my. Good lord. It, what's the uniform? There is no uniform, there is Joey. No uniform. It's a sex call. There's no uniform, Joey. The uniform is no uniform. Well, actually, they would probably wear, like, masks like they do in real orgies. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, but it would just be, like, red. It has to be one of the primary colors or green. <laughs> so are you going to split them up in houses like in Harry Potter? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the best idea. Mm, you are in the green house. <laughs> All right. Uh, where would my ranch be, though? Where would my ranch... I would rent out... It's odd that he called it a ranch. I don't know why why Joey decided to use the the term ranch. Because most cults don't actually belong on ranches. They... they, they, Anywhere but, as far as I understand. I I don't know. That's a very curious wording. I want to know where you got that, sir. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll just email us. Most of them you... Most of them use the phrase compound. Comp... That sounds worse. It is worse. Like uh, like Waco, Waco was a compound. So my compound, I would so, so since I'm a coal leader, I guess I would have money. I would just buy a YMCA, and that would be oh, <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would go over well. That, that would be that would <laughs> young young men's Christian association, also home of the eyes of Shalgahoth and it, the the Twister sex cult, <laughs> the Twister board sex cult. What a fun cult. I don't see any downsides to that except for all the AIDS and the herpes. All the diseases. And the and the muscle strain. The and muscle it's strain. It's hard, dude. Twister is hard. Uh, I don't I haven't I don't remember. You have to be flexible to, to play Twister. Well, I'm and flexible. I'm not flexible because I can run fast. And for some reason that means you're not flexible. I am the least flexible thing on the earth. Well, pro- probably stretch. But boy, I can run. Run, run to your cult meeting because you're late, Russell. Oh, God. You oh, have God. To, you have to go swinging. All right. <laughs> so I'm swinging, Dad. You're on the swings. Push me, Dad. I'm swinging. Son, why are you here? We need to discuss something. Actually, fun fact. I'll give you a little bit more time to think about your answer. Uh, who's the cult leader in Japan that used like anime to like get followers and stuff? Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but the cult was Om Shinrikyo. The the cult of um like the leader of that cult he was hung this month he was hung this month yeah because oh, fun fact Japan still I, has I didn't know he was still alive I thought they shot him no Japan has and I learned this when I was over there Japan still has public execution oh. as law and it's hanging it's public hanging and that is so metal and they haven't they, have, they haven't so metal they haven't had to use it in like fourteen years because like fourteen years ago some there was a serial killer that went on like a knife killing spree. And so they executed him. And so for 14 years, they'd never used it. But they finally got the guy that uh, that did all that. And it, they hung him and, like, five of his, like, closest followers uh, this month, I think. It was either this month or last month. Because I remember reading the story very recently. And so I was like, that's fucking neat. Uh, Shoko Asahara is the guy who is... um. Oh my god, what the fuck is this? I'm sorry, I got distracted because I looked up uh, on I looked up Om Shinrikyo and uh, to see uh, Shok- uh, Shoko Asahara's name, which isn't his real name by the way. I don't know what his uh, other name is, but 
Much like Nicolas Cage, Shoko Asahara is a fake name. His name's probably like Steve. It's a very, uh, no, it's much more, it's a much more pedantic Japanese name than that. But then there was like, people also searched for, and just look at some of these. Like, what is happy science? Oh my, happy science? What the hell? This is Happy weird. Science, formerly known as the Institute for Research in Human Happiness, is a controversial new religious and spiritual movement founded in Japan on on uh, the on October 6th, 1986 by Ryuho Okawa uh, that is widely criticized as a cult. Well, I mean, that's the thing, Ian. Religion is a cult. Like, I'm sorry. Well, all religion is cult, but... Like I like if you I'm sorry guys but if 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 you're a listener and you go to church every Sunday if you go to the same building with followers and you believe in something that has no physical evidence and you do weird traditional well not weird but you do any sort of like traditional like ceremonies and stuff that's a cult that's the definition of a cult a cult in the text you know a cult in the dictionary is described as a small religion so what's a religion it's just a big cult that's all it is man and so, like, it, like cults are scary. And when I say cults are scary, people usually go like, yeah, they are. Because they think of, you know, like... They think of Jonestown. They think of Jonestown. They think of people in, like, black hoods and stuff and, like, circles going like, whoa. They think of gothic twister sex orgies. And it's like, when I hear cult, I think of just, you know, going to church every Sunday when I was a kid. Because, you know, it's like, put on the nice clothes, go stand in the pew, stand when you're told to sing the song, sit You're down. in the choir now, Russell. Oh, yeah, dude. I fucking, I tore that choir up, dog. I did not tear the choir I up. tore that choir up. I can sing. I used, to, I used to be able to. I've lost a lot of my talents. I used to be able to play piano. Oh. I used to be able to sing. I used to be able to dance. And you, then, you were a fucking charlatan showman. Yeah, dude. I was, and then and then my parents got divorced, and then everything, <laughs> <laughs> and then all my talent disappeared. And now and now I'm a super cynical uh, media critic. <laughs> Look how far I've come. Yes. As, so let's go back into. Are you done? With oh the yeah, talk? no. I want your answer. Okay. So I've given it a little bit of thought, and I've decided that my cult's aim is going to be through the highest level of deception. Uh, sort of riding on the coattails of issues of the time, which is how um, cults get uh, get started um, and really pick up momentum is they cash in on um, issues that are present during the time that they were created. So I'm going to do social media. I'm going to have a cult that uh, entirely disavows and seeks to eliminate social media from uh the world i'm in use of the uh use in the public use among the group use around the world they, if they could go around to the servers and uh blow up the servers that hold facebook or they could assassinate mark zuckerberg that's what they're gonna Hell do yeah. at least in the later stages they wouldn't start off that way because that's a little too extreme for a lot of people see when you've got a cult you've got to ramp it up and ramp it up so uh First, it would be, we would have to think of a name, something, uh, let's think uh, the Church of Social Independence. The Church of Social Independence. Or the you're gonna CSI. Get a, you're gonna... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> CSI. Are we going to go to the CSI meeting today? Uh... <laughs> No, I don't. I don't work for the police, sir. <laughs> the takes off fake, sunglasses. The fake police. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> the fake police. Uh, so it would be the CSI would be comprised of concerned mothers. 
initially. <laughs> Concerned mothers and their kids. Like, uh, you know how they have like that new kind of school experiment where it's like, you make your own curriculum. It could be sort of like that. It could be like, a, you know, you could homeschool your kid or we, you could let us homeschool your kid and it'll stay, we'll teach them that social media is something that they should stay away from. Be scared of bad. everything. Uh, it, and, uh, and then I would gather followers that way. So it'd be largely comprised of uh, concerned white families and their kids. So it would keep up appearance as well. And eventually, um, I would just migrate into, and I would have severe punishment for, uh, Facebook profile. So I'd have a bunch of people constantly searching for my members on uh, on Facebook and Twitter and everything. They get a five-minute timeout. Uh, no, they get a severe beating across the back of the head with a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but av- 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 uh, because I am uh, the cult leader and because I covet above all things power and I'm a sadistic uh, motherfucker, I would uh, then sort of do what all cults do and I would isolate my followers from the outside world so it wouldn't it we got that first step down easy with social media which is the biggest hurdle with cults these days is that people can talk to each other so easy now that it's hard to like breach through it's hard to not breach through to the outside world there was a cult um there's a what's it called it starts with an Nemixia or or something like that. I'm not the cult guy, man. I don't know. I can't. But Nemixia's thing was that they um they were basically just telling people lies and they were making them feel that they would break people's self conscious uh self image down and then they would build it back up again with uh, through their own. So they felt uh ingratiated toward this cult. But something that they would do is that every any time that and they would do the compound thing. So you would come and you would stay in their establishments. Their establishments had cell phone blockers built into them. And they weren't forcing anybody to stay there, but they were keeping anybody from the outside to from warning about what was going on inside of the of these buildings and things. Because they were basically just being uh, abused and then brought back up again and then abused and brought back up again over and over again so that they could use these guys for whatever it is that they wanted. They would, they would take their possessions, all their money, money of their relatives and that sort of thing. Much kind of like a Scientology thing, but a lot more nefarious and a lot less legal. So, <laughs> but they would use cell phone blockers and they would cut off all internet and you, you couldn't use your phone and everything. Um, so the only way that there was a story about a guy, the only way that he knew that his family actually cared about him, cause they would be like, your family doesn't care about you. If they cared about you, they would have texted you. They would have sent you an email. They would have sent you actual mail. They don't give a fuck about you. And then he walked, uh, outside of the compound and all of a sudden he gets like, hundreds of messages from his family that's like where are you please get out of this cult we're worried about you we want it we're gonna we're gonna send for help blah 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 and um i would do some i've already done something similar by disallowing social media so next i would allow, disallow all media i would take it to the next step up phones are are the source of all evil because they host the social media and then i would say mail <laughs> Is is put it, is the precursor to all social put, media. Put your phones in the mailbox and light it on fire. <laughs> yes, we'd have a bunch of mailbox uh, bombs. A bunch. Of, we would encourage the kids to put dry ice bombs inside of mailboxes, like it's like it's the eighties and we're having fun. Uh, and then eventually, I would just ship everybody off. 
we could either do the Waco thing where we go into te- some uninhabited part of Texas and we could suffer there, but I hate the heat. So maybe I would probably go to like Greenland or some like <laughs> offshoot part I, of Greenland. I would take them to, need to take them somewhere where they can suffer, but not Texas. It's much too hot. No, <laughs> no Texas is much too hot. Uh, and then I would take them and then I would uh, gradually turn it into... Um, I don't know. By this point, I'm probably crazy, as most cult leaders do. They start off kind of okay, and then they go completely mad. So then it would probably devolve into a sex cult, and I'd probably start taking a bunch of amphetamines and uh, good times, good hypothetical times. But yeah, I think that's what I would do. Uh, The CSI, uh, anti-social media cult, um, and uh, they get flogged in the black back of the head with a keyboard if they're bad. Um, (laughs) And then we go to we go to Denmark or something and and isolate ourselves. I wonder what my what my real goal is though as a cult leader. What would be my cult goal? Would I want money? Money's pretty tight right now. Or uh, or I could get um. I don't know. I don't really seek to hold powers over other like these cult leaders tend to do. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I'll make the cult and then we'll see. <laughs> I'll make the anti. They show you the, the, the anti Facebook cult. That's fine. Um, oh yeah! Eventually, we do a an assassination of Mark Zuckerberg at some point. But that that just comes with the property. How hard is it to kill a robot? Oh, um, all I have to do is unplug it <laughs> or take out his batteries. He's like, mm, good night, good night, family members. It's in bed, and then he's like, mm, in- initiate charge. Mm. And then he's you un- just sneak in it. <laughs> Zuckerberg is no more. <laughs> if Zuckerberg dies, does Facebook die? Um, who's the next in line for Facebook? I don't think Facebook has a vice president. Facebook does. Surely it does. Surely Facebook has a vice president. I don't think it follows the same rules as the U.S. government, though. Does it? But it follows a business model, and business models have CEOs and second CEOs. And yeah, dude, that's why I voted for Trump because he's a businessman. Right, that's <laughs> not. E- that's not even something I want to go. Down let's on. not do yeah. that. No, let's go back to Zuckerberg. That bizarre, uh, unfeeling, strange man. Very strange. He's got some sort of <laughs> autism. He probably does. I mean, you can see it in his eyes. He's got. He's he's like not entirely there, and he doesn't quite know what's appropriate. I think that this roboticism that people meme about is actually just a level of autism. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, not jokes aside, I wouldn't be because I mean, like you know, I've 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 I'm I've been around autistic people of all spectrum levels, and like it's true. Like, and most more often than not, uh, a lot of autistic people are actually quite intelligent. Yes, and you know, exhibit the same interests as you know Zuckerberg did. In college, which was like, hey, I really want to make this website for no reason, you know, just for fun. You know, whereas most people are like, ew, numbers? What are those? I don't know how to computer. <laughs> how do you computer? Uh, Zuckerberg fucking, he needs to get a handle on things. Um, hey, Zuck, have you seen that video where it's like, hey, Zuckerberg, just eat bread like a normal person. And he's just like, nom, nom, nom. he's like not even like chewing. <laughs> it's just like, it's so weird. Now that now that is can't be explained by autism because autistic people can eat fine. Yeah, uh, it's probably um, no, it's probably just him being. I think it's just him feeding it. <laughs> you it's think just, so? It's just him, it makes him much more popular online. Yeah, no, it, it just, makes I'm, him much more a topic of I'm conversation. Sure it's just him feeding it, really. Man, what what must it be like to know Mark Zuckerberg is like a person? What is Mark Zuckerberg like? 
What does he like? It's like Obviously, he likes Facebook and his business. Otherwise, he would have long abandoned it. He wouldn't have gone through all those crazy updates. Do you remember when Facebook was going through like a billion changes a minute? Yeah. Format, st- format wise, anyway. Good lord, that was annoying. I remember Farmville. <laughs> okay. He really loves Mark Zuckerberg would sponsor Farmville. Man, my mother, my mother really did love Farmville. Uh, I've never met anyone that actually played it. Oh, she, it was crazy. She showed me her 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 automation system. She figured my mother exploited a bug. <laughs> so 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 the bug was so 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 the idea of the of the whole farmville thing is that it was a massive time sink so to make it a greater time sink your character had to physically go to every plot of land that you wanted to do something at and slowly like march over um to the thing and my mother found a way that if you trap your character in like a, like a grove of trees or some hay bales or like just some walls, it, it won't be able to, but it'll still do the animation. So you can just go. And so she was like super clicking through fields, harvesting like soybeans, strawberries, <laughs> rye, whatever else, golden apples. Shit got crazy. And she I don't know if she spent any real money on it, but it looked like she did. She um, had like a whole she had like the whole friends um get your friends to join thing and you get like a, a an apple tree from the Chronicles of Narnia. And stuff like that. She did all that sort of thing. That's so funny. I don't think she's touched it in years because it was it was it was just too much. Oh man, it was it was just too much. She she got me to play it just so that she could get um some of those like fun plants and things. And I played for a little bit. I had like a I had like a strawberry field. I had a little wheat field, but it was it was mainly made for aesthetics. Whereas she just like carpet bombed her whole plot of land and uh and planted stuff there just like <laughs> desolation <laughs> and then just like fields and fields and there was like a garden area off like somewhere but she never looked at it <laughs> facebook games what was another facebook game there was something else it was uh it was mafia wars wasn't it oh my gosh yeah what was that because i never played I, I never played it either but it was it was very strange I'm so glad Facebook games are kind of like not a thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're still there. They are. I don't think they got. I just don't. Them. I just no one our age is doing it. I'm pretty uh, sure it's just yeah. all older people. Well, older people are the main demographic for Facebook. Yeah, this is true. Fun fact: Young people don't like Facebook very much. Instead, they like to use their Instagrams and their Snapchats and the Twitters so that they can uh, post mean things about each other, and then it's easier to get rid of it. Oh yeah, no. I actually, I I recently ran for ad director for Sigref and I won. And uh, during the election, there was a bunch of other spots that needed to be filled, and one of them was the social media spokesperson. And like everyone that went up was at least four years younger than me, and all of them said Facebook's dead. So, and I was like, ugh, because <laughs> uh, oh. all I use is Facebook. I use nothing but Facebook. I don't I, touch Twitter. I, I don't use touch... nothing but Facebook, but only because all the old guys that I'm trying to get jobs from are on Facebook. <laughs> Everyone else can go can go away. Political stuff has started to come back onto my onto my Facebook feed. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like politics. I don't like it when people bicker and argue about something they can't change. I I don't like politics. 
I want my white privilege. I want to just be ignorant to politics. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking see. You know. Oh, look at this strong female character facing off against this brutal male uh, example. Well, I can't believe how fucking sexist you are, Ian. I don't want to see some cuck talk about how women should submit to his uh, to his niceness because. He's such a good guy. I don't want to see that shit anymore. Facebook, get rid of it, please. I'll give you two bucks. I want my I want my safe space, Ian Cabbage. I want my <laughs> safe space that is full of. Um, actually, there was a um, I, I saw a news article the other day uh, because I set my phone uh, I set my phone always to British English, which on this new phone that I got means that um that I now get English news. Uh, so there was a news story that I got where a university in Scotland uh, outlawed or d- chose not to establish a designated safe space in their campus, which is something that they've uh, done in other campuses around the UK, apparently. And somewhere that it was a movement that was, of course, started in the most pansy of countries, France. <laughs> So, uh, what what do you think of that? Do you think that colleges should have safe spaces? No, I have a, I have some brief thoughts on that. So you don't think that there should be any sort of refuge for um, those that are bullied for being gay, bisexual, black, no. blah blah blah? Because it, I think I think that it is actually worse over there in England. In in England, it is a, a whole lot worse. You know, in America, we've got this. You know. Everybody's everybody has gotten sort of used to the flamboyant gay because of how we've portrayed them in movies and stuff. We're just sort of used to it. We're over in England. I think they still have like a seething hatred for the gays over there, at least in the circles that hate them. It's like even more extreme. But you don't think that there should be that there should be at least, you know, a place where they can go and seek refuge. Well, I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, everyone deserves a place that they can go and be safe. Right. Uh, home should be safe. Well, you know, that's not always true for the gay folks out there. That's, I guess that is true. You know, pa- bad parents and whatnot. But like having, but like when you say safe space, it just sounds like you know, oh, th- we're gonna. It sounds childish. It's like, oh, this is this is the corner of the room where you get to stand and not get bullied. You know, like that's what it sounds like. It sounds like like and, you know we have a safe space on this kid. Why not just make everything a safe space? Because that's too much effort. Why? Instead of just hiding from the people that, you know, hate you, fucking fight back. Fight back. It's like, hey, you're a fucking faggot. Yeah, you're fucking ignorant. Cunt. Fight <laughs> me about it. You know, like, like not, don't just, don't just go like, and like run to the corner of the room, which is, you know, designated. Because then if you, if you start putting labels on locations, it's like, oh, this is where it's okay to be gay. Then you, then that, you are saying by proxy that it is okay to hate gays everywhere but here. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to, instead of just making, oh, this is, this is the corner where you can go if you're getting bullied and no one will bully you. We need to make that everywhere. And it's not going to happen unless, you know, so, so here's my question. Okay. Someone goes to the safe space. What if someone follows them? What happens to the, what happens to the ignorant person that goes into the safe space and starts making fun of you in the safe space? What happens to him? We sound like a Scottish committee. Uh, I have much the same thoughts. I think that safe spaces. Uh, are being utilized probably in a, in a childish and, and ineffective way. The whole idea of a place where you can just go and hide from your problems instead of facing it is 
uh, is a valid point. But at the same time, you know, two sides of every coin. If it if you if you're too weary from having to fight off all of this hatred that's constantly coming at you, because you're not going to change their mind if you call them an ignorant cunt. You're just going to make them hate you even more, and so yeah. they're just going to keep coming and coming. Having a place where you can go and just relax and not deal with it for two seconds, uh, it could be a good thing. You know, and I agree with that, but I, my point is that why can't everywhere be is like, why is one little spot have to be that? Why can't it, why can't it just be, hey, if someone's, if someone's sitting on a park bench, minding their own business, leave them alone. Why? If only it worked that way. Why do they have to go to the the, the park bench, you know, in this corner of the park to not get yelled at? I, I think if you start, I think if you start plotting out safe spaces that just that just encourages stupid people to like keep being aggressive and keep being ignorant we need scientific study that's what it really comes down to everybody speaking science of, conquers all speaking of scientific study just kidding this isn't i can't even think of a segue we're done <laughs> oh i have to go study for my science test uh, for that college that I'm attending. Shout out, shout out to Joey. Yes, thank you, Joey. That was that was very interesting. Thank thank you to Joey for that awesome question. Again, if you have a question, uh, or anything really, any, anything anything you just want to tell us, if you just want to put poop in the email and send it to us, I'll read it. If you want to draw what you think we look like, I know that our pictures are sort of on our on our little banner, but I don't know. Do do something. If you want to, if you just want to interact with us. In any way, shape, or form, email us at bubbies at gmail. No, bubbiespodcast at gmail.com. Yes, bubbiespodcast at gmail.com. Again, happy Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you also have a great weekend of R&R, roleplay, and relaxation. And we'll see you on Friday.